Hey friends, this is Tina Turner. Thanks for tuning in today to the More Precious Than Gold podcast, where we will examine God's Word each episode and find that it is trustworthy, true, and always more precious than gold. In this episode of the More Precious Than Gold podcast, we're going to examine another piece of armor that we find in Ephesians chapter 6. We will be looking at the shield of faith. Now, we've already seen the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and the gospel shoes of peace. Those are in previous episodes, but this episode is going to focus on our shield of faith. What is the object of your faith? That is one of the most important parts of faith. It can't be faith in an outcome. It can't be faith that everything is simply going to work out. It can't be this kind of faith that just says or reasons that everything happens for a good reason. And if we just hold on long enough, we'll figure out what it's all about. No, the object of our faith must be in Jesus. We must have faith in and believe in and trust in the promises of God. So, if you want to learn more about this, go grab your Bible and come back here and we will study this important truth together. As always, let's start by reading God's Word together. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after Having done everything to stand, you stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So the way I see it, if we look at the shield of faith, there are two components. The two components that we see here in verse 15, excuse me, in verse 16 is the shield of faith itself, this protection or this uh, shield that would provide protection for us and then fiery darts of the evil one. So let's investigate the fiery darts first and then we'll take a deeper look at faith. For the fiery darts or the flaming darts, we notice that they're all around us, that they're coming from all different kinds of directions. And the purpose is to penetrate our protection or to get through our protection. And isn't that exactly what Satan tried to do to Eve in the garden when he said things like this? Did God really say? Did God really mean? Basically, he was asking Eve, are you really sure that you can believe in the promise of God. Are you really sure that you can take God at his word? We hear things just like that in our culture today. Did God really say marriage is only about 
one man and one woman for life? Did God really mean that? Did God really say wives are to submit to their husbands? Did God really mean that? Is that really what God's word says? Did God really say we are to die to ourselves and live our lives out for him and live our lives out as servants to others? Did God really say that? Surely not. Surely not in the contemporary world that we live in. Do we really have to live up to these standards? Do we still have to live up to what this Bible says? Can we really believe what God's word says? That is exactly what our shield of faith is to be protecting us from. These doubts. You see, the enemy wants to make us doubt God's word. He especially wants us to doubt God's love for us, to question his love and to not be sure about it. And he wants us to resist God's will and not obey God's word. So doubting God's word and doubting truth and doubting his incredible love for us, that is what the shield of faith is to protect us for. So that when those doubts come up, we have something to extinguish them with. Does God really love you if this is happening in your life? Throw up that shield of faith. Extinguish that dart and say, yes, I know that God loves me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus. We have promises in God's word that declare truth in the midst of the doubts that the enemy wants to throw. Does God really care about this circumstance in my life? Does God really have the power to fix it? He does. God is in control. God is sovereign. And when those fiery darts come up, we have the shield of faith to stand against and extinguish those doubts. The fiery darts are the lies of the enemy, and we must have the shield of faith to quench those fiery darts. So what does faith really look like? If we're going to use faith as a shield for the doubts that the enemy tries to push our way, what does that really look like? I would like for you to turn in your Bible with me to Hebrews chapter 11. A lot of people call that the the, uh, chapter of faith in the Bible because there's a list of these incredible people of God who stood their ground in faith even when life threw them all kinds of doubtful darts. So let's start reading about Abraham's faith in Hebrews 11, and we're going to begin in verse 8 and go to 19. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city with its foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who made the promise. And so from this one man, and he, knowing that he was almost as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. 
all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive all the things that were promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return there. But instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, when God tested him, Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promise was about to sacrifice his one and only son. And even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the death. Wow, those are powerful verses if you think about what faith means. So let's unpack all of these verses and see how we can follow this model of faith or this plan of faith that Abraham followed so that we can learn to extinguish the fiery darts of doubt as well. The first thing I see in verses 8 through 10 is that faith looks forward. It looked forward to the promise of God. It looked forward to the hope that they had in the promise that God had given to them. And I think what keeps us from looking forward? Many times it's past failures or it's past hurts. It's those things that just kind of bog us down and keep us clinging to the past. Sometimes it can be fear that makes us not want to look to the future and doubt that anything better will come in the future. If we want to follow the model of faith, we must become people that look forward and not backward. We can't look at the what ifs in our life. We have to look to the promise of God. And that is exactly what Abraham was doing. Now, Abraham's life wasn't perfect. This is just a few short verses in Hebrews. There's much more to learn about Abraham if you go back and study in Genesis. But we see step by step as he came to places in his life where he had to either go backwards or depend on God's promises he depended on God's promises. I want us to be women of God that learn, even when hard things come in our lives, that we can depend on the promise of God. We don't have to hold on to grudges. We don't have to hold on to the past. We don't have to hold on to failures. We don't have to hold on to the what ifs. We can focus our attention on the promises of God. In verses 11 through 12, Faith considered the promise, not the circumstance. You know, many times when we get bogged down and we fall into doubt and those, those flaming darts are just pounding us with doubtful thinking, it's because we're focused on the circumstance instead of the promises of God. And the circumstance in Abraham's life is that he was an old man, almost dead, and his wife was old as well. But God was going to do something incredible, even though the circumstances didn't appear to be the best circumstances. Faith considers the promise, not the circumstance. What circumstance keeps us from considering the promise of God? Let me say that again, and I want you to specifically think about it for your own life. What circumstance is keeping you from considering the promises of God? 
What circumstance is captivating your attention so much that you can't focus your attention on God's promise? Like we got to refocus and we got to grab the promise of God that we've been given and we've got to focus on that instead of our circumstances. In verses 13 through 16, I see that faith leads others to believe. Abraham's faith encouraged other people to believe and encouraged Sarah to believe. It encouraged Isaac to believe. It encouraged Jacob to believe. And that's how that family became a mighty nation, just as God had promised. How does our faith affect others? Don't you realize that our faith, good or bad, strong or weak, affects those around us? And I think it especially affects our children. Look, mothers, if you want children in the, if you want your children to know what faithful living is, if you want them to have a strong faith in God, they've got to see it lived out somewhere before them. In my life, it was my grandmother. And I can't wait until um, our new meeting or our next meeting with our women's ministry at our church, because I'm going to share a bit of my testimony and how I feel like God led me from one person to another person to another person, godly women that he put in my life to captivate my attention and to pull me into faith in him. I didn't know how to do it on my own, but I saw what these women had accomplished in their faith, how their faith had strengthened them and made them strong. And it gave me the courage to try to do those same kinds of things. Our faith leads others to believe. And what we do with our life matters. Who is being blessed by your faith? Who is doubting God? Because of the faith that you say that you have. We've got to believe in the promises of God every day, all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If we don't stand in faith, then those fiery darts of doubt are certainly going to penetrate and hurt us. Faith does lead others to believe. In verses 17 through 19, faith believes God even when tested. When tested, we have to remember that God is good. Going into that test, we've got to remember that God loves us and that he is good. Abraham is asked by God to sacrifice his own son, Isaac. Isaac is the one who the promise is going to come through. And God had already told Abraham that. And God had given Abraham such a faith that even when he was tested, he believed in the promise of God. He believed that God could do the impossible to keep his word. Even better, he believed that God would do the impossible to keep his word. He said, even if Isaac dies, he believed in his heart that God would have raised him from the dead. When tested, do you remember to focus on the promise of God? Look, do we truly believe that God will do the impossible to keep his word. Do we truly, truly believe that? Or do we take matters into our own hands and try to work out the circumstances that are difficult and the circumstances that we feel bring us doubt? There's one more set of verses in Hebrews that I want to share with you when we think about Abraham's faith. These to me are some of the most powerful verses about faith in all of the Bible. Romans chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 16 through 25. 
Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all of Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but to those who have faith like Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being the things that are not. See, that is right there talking about Abraham, again, believing that God would do the impossible to keep his promise. Verse 18, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. So shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was a hundred years old and Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he promised. This is why it was credited to him for righteousness. The words it was credited were written not for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness. For those who believe in him, who raised Jesus, our Lord from the dead, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. So we are believing the same promises today that Abraham believed many years ago, that God was going to send a savior and that that savior would come through the lineage of Abraham. Now let's unpack these verses. Starting in verse 18, it says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. He didn't walk around as a hopeless man, even though he was a hundred years old and didn't know how in the world he would ever have a son. What makes you feel hopeless? What makes you stop believing God? Look, against all of the fiery darts that the enemy is going to send our way, against all those fiery darts, Abraham continued to believe. That's what we have to be. If we want to be women of faith, we've got to extinguish those fiery darts with the faith that we have in the promises of God against all hope. Look, when, we're, when we have our back against the wall, and we don't know which direction to go, we still have hope in God and his promises. We can place our faith and our trust in him because he loves us and he cares for us and he's sovereign and he's powerful and he's holy above all others and he can lead us to right where we need to be. God is faithful. Do you believe in hope even when your life is in the most desperate places? Verse 19, without weakening in faith, without weakening in faith, he stood strong in his faith, even though the circumstances around him didn't look so good. He faced the facts. You know, faith does not ignore facts. It, you can't just wash away the difficulties in life. You can't just ignore the fact that they're there. <coughs> Excuse me. Faith doesn't ignore facts, but it also doesn't allow facts to become our focus. The promise of God is our focus in spite of the facts that we find our situation to be made of. 
Those facts don't disappear, but they don't have to be our focus. At times, it's easy to be overwhelmed by the facts, isn't it? You lose your job. How are we going to pay our bills? Your husband's having an affair, and your heart is so broken, and you don't know how you're going to go on. Your child is absolutely in rebellion against God, and every decision that they make takes them down a darker road. And you want so badly to stop them. And the circumstances are right there in front of you. The facts are right there in front of you. Can you stand in your faith without weakening, knowing that God has a purpose and a plan? Faith sees the facts, but chooses to focus on the promise of God. That's what it means by without weakening in faith. That shield of faith goes up and we stand firmly behind that shield of faith. We stand firmly in our faith so that the fiery darts do not penetrate. We extinguish those, in fact. That the shield of faith extinguishes it. It doesn't just hit us and bounce off. It totally is extinguished by the faith that we have in God. What facts seem to be weakening your faith? Look, Abraham stood firm, promise, stood firm, believing the promises of God, and that even strengthened his faith. Do you see in verses 20 through 21, when he did not waver in unbelief, he was fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised. I'm going to read that one more time. He did not waver in unbelief. It's the unbelief that keeps us wavering. It's the unbelief that keeps us doubting. When we are truly believing God and we're clinging to the promises of God, then we can be fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he promised. See, if we're not really believing in the promises of God, we're not really believing in the power of God either. Believing in God's promise requires that we also believe that God will keep his promise, that God will do what he says that he will do, that God does care, that he does love us, that he is always chasing after us with an everlasting love. He's not going to just disappoint. God is a God that will deliver and his sovereignty is true and he is faithful. He did not waver in unbelief. Where am I, Lord, wavering in unbelief? I want to be fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he promised to do. Because faith really requires an unwavering belief in God's word. And when we do that, then we're truly strengthened to stand firm in our faith. So what circumstances are causing you to doubt God or his goodness or his plan for your life? Strengthen your faith, just as Abraham did, through believing God's word to you. If you don't know what God's word is to you, then I urge you to Google whatever your situation is. Type it in, verses concerning this, or verses concerning that, verses concerning rebellious children, verses concerning difficult marriages, verses concerning not having enough money, being, you know, running out of money, having financial difficulty. You type that in. I mean, we have so many resources at our fingers today to be able to find out the truth about what God's word says. And I'm not going to tell you to just go and read any commentary that you get. I want you to go and read the verses of God. You read the verses from God's word and let God's word speak to you and let God's promises be what you cling to. And if you do that, you will be able to stand firm in your faith. 
I've never seen any circumstance or situation that God's word does not address. Not one. And I guarantee you, if you're struggling and you have a circumstance that's causing you to doubt God, you can go to his word and you can find truth that will be substantial enough for you to hang on to and cling to and hold on. So through believing God's word, that's how we strengthen our faith, by asking God to help us and focus our attention on on his word and his promises instead of our circumstances to really believe God. You know, not just believe what we hear about God, but truly believe him that he's actively working in your circumstances every single day, even when we can't see it. Look, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of what we don't even see. The evidence of things not seen. So even when we can't see it, we've got to believe it. Abraham couldn't see it. He was 100 years old. His wife was an old woman. How in the world are we going to have a son? They couldn't see it. But even when they couldn't see it, they believed God. And God proved himself strong. God proved that he is able to keep his promises And then these verses also say that Abraham gave glory to God, even in the midst of the difficult situation. You know, that's when we're really strengthened, when we're able to look at a difficult situation, a hard set of circumstances, and still stand firm and still believe God. That's when our faith is strengthened even more. And then we will be able to give God glory as well. We will be strengthened in our faith as we actively believe God. What does that mean? Actively believing God. We're going to trust him instead of the circumstances. We're going to trust his word instead of the circumstances. We're going to trust his power. We're going to trust his sovereignty. And we are going to use that kind of faith to extinguish the fiery darts of doubt. We can all follow this example of faith. And we can all be this example of faith to someone else. So what will you do with this lesson? How do you need to encourage your faith? What verse are you going to go look for to make sure that you can cling to that and hang on to that instead of hanging on to the doubt of the difficult circumstances that you find yourself in? Let's pray. Wow, Lord, when I see verses like this in scripture, I want to be that kind of woman. I want to be the kind of woman who, against all hope, in hope, believes you. I want to be the kind of woman that believes that if you promise something, you'll do something impossible to keep your promise if you have to, because you are a promise-keeping God. Your word is trustworthy and true, and we can bank our life on it. We can build our life on it. We can live our life focused on the promises of God. I pray that you'd help us to be women of God that gets rid of all the distractions that come up. And we are really able to focus our attention, to focus our hope on you and what your promises are. And Lord, I pray that we wouldn't be women of God that are wishy-washy because we have people watching us. Our children are watching us. Our grandchildren are watching us. Our spouses are watching us. Lord, the people that we work with are watching us to see how we live out our faith. Would you help us to be women of God that live out our faith in such a way that we encourage others to stand in faith so that when the fiery darts come, they're extinguished. They're completely put out and we can glorify our God 
who always keeps his promises. We ask this in your powerful name, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Amen.